0: We didn't have sound there, but we do now. So, hello, we are the Comics Pals. I'm not going to do all that again. Uh, <laughs> I'm Marco. We're going to review Amazing Spider-Man and keep keep things going. Hot dogs, um, et cetera. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Amazing Spider-Man is one big fight scene in Central Park. It is very much more of the same. Uh, I had fun with this for the most part, but A, I feel like Gang War has – limited or lowered the quality of amazing spider-man for me for what i was enjoying out of it and i just think that there are way too many characters on the screen or the screen i'm sorry on the page although i guess for some of us the screen screen
1: yep very much um
0: but uh too many characters for ramita i think i think he was stretched really thin to get everybody drawn and do it on time and and i think it shows on some of these pages
2: that's exactly yeah. how I felt when he did Superman. Hmm. Um, there were there was a, it was a lot of Justice League Superman during Bendis's run. Um, and there was that whole... Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the event, but it was with like Leviathan, I think.
3: Yeah,
1: Event uh, Leviathan. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, there were too many characters for Romita. And a lot of them just lost all detail. Um, they the look thing... like sock puppet versions of them, themselves.
3: The thing is, though, on the one page where spider-man climbs out the window and the heroes are posing on the rooftop or whatever they all look wonky there too
2: yeah my issue was yeah. more with the the lack of definition in the building and that on that page uh there's that corner of the building and it just looks like a i think it's box. got too
3: much he focused too hard <laughs> on the building it takes up such a
2: big portion of this
1: of the actual panel space yeah, um, this has been a, a week showing I think from both a script and art perspective all around the dialogue isn't necessarily engaging uh, the art continues to be and feel claustrophobic uh, I mean and, and it, it's, it's funny because prior to this I feel like we, we would comment on how it's just a solid comic this is the This is the antithesis of that. This is not a solid comic by any stretch of the imagination. And in in thinking about it, uh, I think one of the reasons why I feel so cramped as opposed to some of the other stuff is because it's easier to take a big image, take a panel space, and just keep it moving. And I think that's what Ramit is doing here. He's just keeping the stuff moving, keeping us going into the next set of uh, panels, to the next set of pages, so we can carry the story along, Uh, whatever the story might be. Thin as it is,
2: so I'm not going to say it's not a solid comic. I think it is a solid comic, but no, in my opinion, it's not the best Romita by a long shot. Um, I still find Romita charming, even when it's not the best. Mm-hmm. I just it's just a personal preference of mine. Um, it's a little comfort foody, but honestly, for me, the issue here was like I don't care for this arc. Mm-hmm um i feel like you can do the story with you know tombstone and beetle and that dynamic and the daughter not becoming the father without how how many issues has this event been so far 7 i mean there's a massive Six. checklist in the back A... yeah and i've it's read started I've read, in november yeah and i've read some of the side ones too so it's like extra for me in my head um it's just too much for what i think is a small story um and it's a lot of chatter and a lot of uh, uh, a lot going on for a book that barely features Peter Parker.
1: <laughs> yeah, they even make reference to it. it. Like, feels like it's not his story
0: at all. I think the problem is that this is the main gang war book. So mm-hmm. if you're fo- if you want to follow the core gang war story, you're following Amazing Spider-Man. So that means that all of the major players' stories have to run through this book mm. and they don't have their own comic. So Spider-Man takes a backseat as a result of that. I I feel like this event is fun. Like when it first started, I was having fun, but it's drawn out at this point. I think, you know, it started in November, which really is not that long. Right. So you got November, December, January, February, it's four months, but they put out so many issues Uh, you know, across the whole line of this event that, first of all, if you only read Amazing Spider-Man and that's it, there are some things you simply don't know. And they're not pivotal. It's not the end of the world, but you don't know them. And because so many other things are happening everywhere else, it's limited in terms of what can actually happen in this comic. So it's a weird tightrope that I feel like everybody has to walk. I wish that the gang war was just an arc within Amazing Spider-Man, I think that could have been fine as a six-issue arc uh, that resolves the gang stuff that Zeb's been doing and call it a day. I think this is a lot for a little. A lot for a little, and then it just resets. It it gets us back to net
1: zero because uh, Tombstone just knocks out Beetle. It's like, all right, I'm the boss again. And that felt a little frustrating. There's no progression. There's no growth. Why Why did I read this if ultimately we're going back to the same kind of net neutral.
2: I don't think it's a net neutral. I mean, because there's still the motivations are changing. There's still reasonings for things. Um, the, the pieces on the board might be in the same spot they were at the beginning, but I think there is growth within the characters.
3: There's also six issues still to go <laughs> still? on the side,
0: so. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I liked Spider-Man getting really pissed off at Madam Mask, it reminded me a lot of Maximum Carnage and when Peter has just had enough of this shit. I love those moments where he's just like, I'm done. I'm not holding back. I'm punching you. I'm taking you out. Um, And I feel like I wanted more of that. This event never got dangerous enough to me. We don't see a lot of human casualties. We don't see firsthand how bad this is for New York. We can surmise it, right? We can imagine how bad it would be, but the story just doesn't care to show us the the collateral damage or it has to be stopped, but, like, connected. Connected to something tangible. Spider-Man's not going to die. I know that. Robbie's at risk. He's one dude who's intimately connected to this. What about all the people that are dying in the streets due to this gang war? I want to see Peter deal with that. Somebody deal with it, please. But even then,
1: I I want this to also be a threat to Spider-Man, and he's fighting goons, and that feels pretty light, and yeah. that's not a that, that's not fun, you know. There's no there's no big bad at the end. It's kind of just like, oh, I'm gonna go after Mad Max now, and here I'm gonna beat up a few thugs, and
3: and she's shooting beams at him,
1: right? Yeah, it, or and he he whipped her, and then just pulled the glove off. It's like, you know, it, it's
2: low stakes, which should have happened in Infinity War, by the way.
0: <laughs> hey uh pawan sid who asks thoughts on fantastic forecasting so uh whether you're new or not i'm going to answer that by saying this show is basically only comic stuff uh at the end we might talk about something that intrigues us but not that that's actually going to be dealt with on the main show which is saturdays at ten fifteen a.m eastern if you want to Watch live for that. We will be digging into all of that. Trust me. This has been a crazy week for news. I can't wait to talk about everything. We're just keeping the focus on comics right here, right now, my man. Thank you, though, for the interest and wanting to know our thoughts. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, this is fun. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's bad or anything like that. But I'm getting to the point with the art where I'm feeling like Ramita would be better suited to do something that is not ongoing and that he has a lot more lead time with um and it's absolutely not meant to be a disrespect thing at all but i think like when he first came back to spider-man um after taking a break things were a bit better now i feel like as the cast has ballooned and he's been doing a few issues in a row i think we can see the where that hampers it for me personally and it doesn't help that i'm kind of over the gang war thing so I'm ready to move on. I would say pass to be honest. I'm
2: with you. Yeah. 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 As I'm looking at like
0: yeah. the cast of this,
2: um, how many of them were even in the book prior to this event? None. Weird. I mean, mean, she Hulk. No one. Spider Woman. Daredevil. And Miles. They were not characters in this book. So yeah. this this cast really bloomed to do a multiple book event, and I'm I feel that in this which is taking me out of it as well I'm seeing how the sausage is made I think too much
3: mm-hmm. I also think like Ramita's strength is his Spider-Man specifically his amazing Spider-Man not She-Hulk not not even Miles yeah you know yeah. which is weird to say uh, so like I don't really understand why he's on an event with multiple characters.
2: Question. When the hell did Miles get an energy sword? Yeah, so oh, no, that
3: was yeah.
0: cool. Oh,
2: yeah. God. Okay. that's <laughs> All right. Well.
0: Like what? That sounds like some Camelot shit. I'll say this. Dentist I'll, there are a lot of people that don't like it. I'm cool with it, but it, it's it looks a lot cooler when he does it in his own book. I'll just say that. Mm, when It's done by literally anyone else.
1: <laughs> That's a little pokey thing. It's one of those fucking <laughs> those like toothpicks <laughs> that you get uh at a at a cocktail thing and they put the little sword inside instead of the umbrellas.
0: Oh man. Uh anyone else pull pass? They oh pass, pass, for me I, think pass. All right, I think it's
3: a straight yeah, palace pass. Ooh, Yikes.
0: Last passing next, next ASM. Was.
2: Sorry, what was that Tyler? I was gonna say I was gonna I was gonna say at least the next issue of ASM is the last one.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's the last Until one it's gang not, war, and then we'll probably take a break again from reviewing it.
3: With each with each issue that comes out, the gang war checklist grows. <laughs> never <laughs> getting out of it?
0: I mean, it makes sense, right? New York hasn't beaten its war on gangs. Spider Man hasn't beaten it either. Oh, boy. We've got a lot of books to talk about left. You know the drill. We've got so much more comics to talk about. Thanks once again for being here live with us. I just want to quickly shout out our patrons. Uh, Those of you who support us on Patreon, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, We're always every week. We've got weekly content material going up there. So check it out. You can join for free. You get to uh, nowadays you get to nominate a book for the book club. We just ran through the first ever nomination process. For our Superman Month book club. And uh, we were able to narrow it down to four options. Uh, so you guys can actually go on Patreon and vote to determine which of those you want to actually win the poll. And be and have a book club done on it. The four options are Superman for All Seasons, Man of Steel, Red Sun, and uh, Up in the Sky. So uh, four really good Superman books. And I haven't read... I've only hmm, – I don't know if I've read any of these. Me neither. I've only yeah, read I'm, Up in the Sky. Didn't we do For All Seasons at some point? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we might have. Jeff Loeb, yeah, we did do that. Yeah. Loeb and Sale, we did do that, yeah. Okay. So that's the only one I've read. It's Damn. been a long time, though. Yeah, that was a while ago. Uh, thank you to our channel members as well. You guys are amazing, too. I see you. Amin Perez, Uncaged. Jackson Williams, thank you so much for supporting us on YouTube.com slash TheComicsPals, where this show is live every single week at 6 p.m. Eastern. The main show is live every Saturday at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. As I said earlier, we'll be talking about the Fantastic Four news. We'll be talking about the X-Men 97 trailer. All the news. This is a huge, huge, huge news week. Oh, is that so, real? Yeah, yeah.
2: dude. <laughs> okay. Those the, yeah, those are the
3: voices God. and everything, dog. Wait,
0: what? <laughs> yeah,
1: was... Yo, know, I, I, sorry, I just signed off from work, and so I, I caught up a little bit on the Discord. I'm like, wow, look at these, look at these photoshops of fucking.
2: Uh... <laughs> Wait, which right. one did you not think was real? All of it. Oh, the X Men '97. The right. X
1: Men, but then also the Fantastic Four stuff.
2: Oh. oh.
3: It's been out for days. You haven't seen that yet? <laughs>
2: no, sir. It came out yesterday. But yeah.
0: Uh, we've got the poll up the, the the community poll the listener poll is up on youtube.com slash the comics pals uh, Incredible Hulk number 9 dominating the poll no surprise after we just had the writer Philip Kennedy Johnson on yeah. the show this past week That's right. 50% of the vote Cobra Commander number 2 13% of the vote John Constantine Hellblazer number 2 17% and Gods number 5 at 21% of the vote Seems like we know which way that's going, unless anybody ah. wants to start a campaign. I need my constant
2: team to get together. Hey.
0: We're to nice. we doing no, it again. We're not you guys are we're gonna we're try not doing again?
2: That again? We need no, to get Hellblazed blazed up right now.
0: It's I'm good. surprised that gods is so low. I don't know, dude. I think a lot a lot more people feel like I do about gods. Yeah, kind of down on it. Yeah. An incredible Hulk is just a is just a juggernaut. It's a, a banger.
3: Book. And I'm sure you're right. That recency bias of PKJ on the show is, you know, got something to do with that. Certainly not all of it,
2: but. Yeah. I'm saying only one book has Swamp Thing on the cover. So.
0: (laughs) The only book that matters. Well, I think that Fall of the House of X has the better cover with the better character. Um. That was purely a dig at Marco. I wasn't being serious. What?
1: Sorry. Did you just say something? Unfortunately, uh,
3: we know Constantine will be a better book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, uh, Jerry Duggan wrote this uh, with Lucas Wernick on art. Colors by Brian Valenza. Letters by Travis Lanham. Now, the reason why I'm having a little bit of trouble at the moment is because... I'm just now realizing that this was written by Jerry Duggan. <laughs> Who'd you think it was by? Is it, is it uh, the Gillen joint?
2: Yeah, man. It took me oh, three pages goodness. to realize who wrote it.
0: Oh, dude. Um, <laughs> He's got a super chat. I just threw a number out there. Oh, oh, beautiful. Uh, thank you so much, Rocio <laughs> Cunalada, for the $20 super chat. The What's message up? is Hi, Marco. Hello.
2: I'm down for some nepotism.
0: Love it. <laughs> Love it. Love to see it. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Now, is this mom? Is this auntie? Is this cousin? Uh, it's an aunt. Yes, yeah, an aunt. Thank you, auntie. Listen, Hell yeah. aunt the aunties of the world are amazing. I have I have a wonderful aunt. Marco clearly does too. Thank you so much for the support. So, follow the house of X number two. Uh I guess yeah, now that I think about it it is a continuation from the most recent one. Uh we get Polaris bringing the brood uh mm-hmm. to to tear Orcus up. That was kind of fun. Uh Juggernaut is in the mix. Um you know, we get some Gambit and Rogue stuff. You know what? Uh I I had a lot less fun with this issue than i did the last one which i think is why i forgot the creative team because i was so into the last one Mm. and then this one i was just like man wow what a what a perfect setup polaris looked badass right yeah the last page of that last one and then on the cover of this everybody's so excited i opened the book she tears people up for about three seconds and then she's drinking a coffee
3: she walks in with a coffee (laughs)
0: lost
2: all interest like what (laughs) This book made me question why I do this show. Um, I found it unintelligible. Um, I was annoyed throughout every page. Um, I found most of the characters to be uncharacteristic, um, and it didn't even follow up correctly with the previous issue. The previous issue had Wolverine and, and Colossus. Uh, they were they got magnetized or something like that. But now but they were undercover somehow. Like there's just oh, yeah. stuff just doesn't even connect correctly. This book feels like it has senioritis in so much that it doesn't really care what it does. Uh, and it's just trying to get to the next status quo of X-Men.
0: Uh, I, I did not like this one bit. That's why I got confused. Because I thought, I was like, okay, I'm going to give everybody at Marvel the benefit of the doubt. It must be the case that the most recent issue of X-Men, which I did not read, fits in the margins of this. And explains what you just highlighted. I don't know that to be a fact because I have not read the issue, but I had to give them the benefit of the doubt because otherwise, what did I miss? At that point, then make it X Men the ongoing
2: with the under header of Fall of the House of X. Like you, I don't think you should be able to do separate books that do not tell you that you have to read the next issue to get the immediate fallout. Do you know what I mean?
0: You're right, but just to keep in mind, I don't know that what I just said is correct. Okay. But if it is, I agree with what you just said. I have it downloaded, so while we talk, I'm going to figure
2: it out.
3: I don't <laughs> see, I don't think it was. I vaguely recall what happened in in Fall of X1, whatever the fuck this book is yeah. called. And it it is all this stuff, but this follow is bad like
0: there's no it it feels like there's no through line so you're saying you remember you remember um them going undercover colossus and wolverine no but i oh. do
3: remember i do remember them you know trying to rescue scott and that was a failed attempt and they right. got caught
1: right right and it i did.
3: vaguely recall uh you know something was happening with polaris okay that's cool i got that but the way this issue was laid out there was just it felt like there was no direct follow through with anything. And the stuff that was set up, you know, the Emma stuff and then the the Rogan Gambit stuff and even the um uh oh god, I always forget her name, the lady that rescues Cyclops in this.
0: <clears throat> oh, uh Omega Sentinel. Right.
3: No, the no, other the, one.
0: The doctor. Oh, the, the doctor. The doctor. Gregor, and she's yeah. all of
3: a, She's all of a sudden changed sides and wants to help Cyclops now, after her wildly anti mutant speech and lit that took up literally three pages in the first issue. Like what happened?
2: It doesn't happen in X Men. I just looked. X Men dealing okay. with the, with the Sync and Talon and. Um, uh, uh, uh kingpin and that stuff so okay oh,
3: yeah kingpins and x-man now i forgot
0: <laughs> yeah manny that was a shot in the dark man i i was hoping that that would make it make sense and I'm not even leaving room I'm not even leaving out the idea that I just don't remember the last issue very well but I know that I felt confused yep. um so maybe I'm just at the point in my life where I got to reread issues but uh I i don't know I was confused but So the the Dr. Gregor Cyclops thing. um, So it makes sense to me in the sense that, okay, yeah, she's affected by the conversation that she had with Cyclops because he highlighted the fact that after they succeed in defeating mutants, the machines will turn on humanity. Cool. Got it. The problem is that that's obvious, and I have a really hard time with the idea that Dr. Gregor, as smart as she's supposed to be, and Orcus, as smart as they're supposed to be, don't know that. Nimrod does what Nimrod wants, right? Like, Yeah. It's always been the end goal is, is yeah. the, the machine takes back over. Yeah. And she knows about this secret thing that she's never had access to, but she's only worried about it now at the final hour. Mm, the no. reminder
2: on her phone finally came up. She totally forgot about it. It was a scheduled, <laughs> scheduled task. Cal- calendar oh. by pop. <laughs> oh
3: shit. Omega Sentinel has a chainsaw. That's not good.
0: Look at this. This is the dialogue. This is the dialogue. What this is this is uh, Dr. Aliyah Gregor speaking. Quote What you said to me in the prison, I think we might have a problem with a secret part of Orcus Already I rolled my eyes. We're we're late in the game. I don't want to hear about secret parts. Yep. Uh there's a part of the organization I've not been able to access after my husband and I brought Nimrod online. In real life, that happened. When did that even happen? That happened at uh, House and Powers. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. ages mm-hmm. ago. And in story, presumably, they've had Krakoa for some time, a couple of years. Yep. We've seen two or three Hellfire Galas. Yeah. And that's to be a year. Yep. Yeah. So two or three years and you haven't had access. And that's not been a problem. You were ready to kill Cyclops. You were ready to kill him. But that little speech he gave in the last issue is what turned the tide for you to realize you're about to get bamboozled by Nimrod. To be, to be fair, I work IT and the amount of people that call
2: in last minute because they don't have access to something and they need it five minutes from mm-hmm. now is 90% of people. So it doesn't seem that crazy. Yeah, Marco, you're probably one of them. Yeah.
1: No, I I get it
0: early. Two months in advance. Mm -hmm. The other major problem that I had with this is tone. I'm big on tone. Tone is almost the most important thing to me, especially at the big two, because they play too much. The, The mutants cannot resurrect. This is the most critical mission they've literally ever been on. Why does Polaris have a cup of coffee? Why are the mutants making jokes? Like, there's a time and place. I'm not saying you can't have jokes in superhero stories. You should. They're supposed to be fun. But this is the most important. This is it. This is the end. I'm cool with an exterminators existing
2: where you know Polaris could do something fun like that. But when she is sicking the brood on people and humans getting brutally murdered in this, yeah. Um, like the X Men just seem a little
0: extra violent too in this. And they're cool with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's no contemplation as to why there. Am I crazy? Did I read this wrong? Did Nightcrawler not take a dude and leave him in yeah, space? Yeah. 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 Yep. That that's the, yeah. I uh I don't know, man. As a Nightcrawler fan, we're all Nightcrawler fans. Maybe I'm mistaken, but that's hard. That's a hard one for me.
2: Anyway, Nightcrawler would, but main Nightcrawler? Spider-Man? I don't know about that.
3: <laughs> Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. With great the, power, etc. This was this was really frustrating. I the, the X-Men for Cohen era is going outside.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We had the- uh Vengeance in the chat said uh uh X-Men ain't looking too hot right now or the future. Uh a YouTuber was saying that the X-Men line relaunch will be a mixed bag based on uh industry insights. I just don't think uh, you need industry insights to tell you that.
1: Yeah, the the cleanup here is going to be tough. It's going to be a lot of just sweeping stuff under the rug and hard hard lines for resets at this point.
2: The the lack of buzz and press leading up to this announcement, I feel like we're not we're not quite there in terms of uh, solicitations and stuff. But I feel like they've pre announced things before the solicitation period when they wanted to drum up hype for stuff before. Uh, We've got really nothing Um, does not lead me to be too excited. We'll probably have a good Mm -hmm. Deadpool book for the movie, but um, outside of that, um, yeah, it's a bummer.
3: Roboter says, uh, well, I mean, the X-Men have been seriously out of character since Krakoa began, and I don't know if I agree with that. Right. But I will say I do think they've been wildly inconsistent.
1: Yeah, and if anything, I think the new tone set by Krakoa was different enough that it felt innovative and that felt mm-hmm. good at the start. Mm-hmm. Now, to your point, Kale, it's just been inconsistent. That that level of expectation for what is different um, and to Sean's comment on tone, there is no
0: through line there. And that's been really hard to sort of swallow. Dude, you don't have to look for any further at all than the book, the very same book that this comic book is emulating. House and Powers had the exact right tone. The mission—that's the mission that the mutants go on—to stop Mother Moles from coming online—felt like that was the only thing that mattered. Yeah. If they couldn't succeed at that, mutant kind is done. That's Bro. how essential it felt. Getting Nobody was running around with it. coffee. Pass. The art was good. I don't want to I don't want to dismiss I don't want to I don't want to do that. I don't want to dismiss Lucas Warnick like that. I'm frustrated no, by the yeah, script, good. but Lucas Warnick did his thing.
2: The, the 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 modern Polaris costume where it's essentially green Magneto. Right. I think that's great. I love that for Polaris too. And I think yeah. he draws the hell out of the Brood. I I love mm-hmm. the Brood. Um, so seeing them here, I thought that was really good stuff. Yeah, yeah Lucas Warnick is probably one of the shining stars of latter day uh, uh, yeah. Krakoa.
0: Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see what what he can do. Yeah. Like I said, pass. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Hard pass. Yeah. This is messy. Hard pass. Fortunately. Uh, Rami Darwish says, "Now I wish Hickman continued the run." I mean, look. Did anybody wow. not wish that? Yeah. You know, Hickman. <laughs> oh. When we do when we do our post mortem. You know, that's going to be a big part of that conversation is like, you know, or how do we feel about the fact that Hickman didn't finish and what could have been? And, you know, right here, as I said today, um, this is really a tale of two halves and one half is really amazing and the other is confusing and sort of like blah. There's been good stuff. It's not all been bad, but uh, yeah, I'm not over the moon about yeah, it. It's not ten of swords. It's not even Ten of Swords, Tyler. You know why? You want to know what the biggest difference is? Saturnine. Saturnine was in every single <laughs> issue of Ten of Swords. That eight foot tall woman with those gloves that don't fit, she was working. The Lauren Phillips of X Men. I don't know who that is. All right. Good, good game. Good, good, good game face there.
3: <laughs> can I,
0: go ahead. Can, can
3: I say something that I want to say now about uh, Follow the House of X? Specifically so that I, when we have that wrap-up conversation, uh, if I don't say it, I will have forgotten about it. The This should be the culmination of everything that Krakoa was, right? In theme, in tone, in, you know, lessons learned. Yeah. We have none of that mm-hmm.
2: here. Yeah. Not only that, I think Marvel should have, you know, pulled up the, the money truck to have Hickman at least close it.
0: I don't think or, it was a matter of finances.
3: Yeah, or, I mean, uh, given Gillen and Duggan, oh God, anybody but Duggan. Given Gillen and Duggan, the time to do it right and well.
2: Yeah, I don't want to hate on Duggan with this because, like, there are I, Duggan books I that I, yeah, I know you do. Uh, there are and Duggan I, books. Believe me, I'm holding back. <laughs> I really like Duggan's Deadpool. I think he's got a voice for that. But that tonally, again, tone, is literally the opposite of what this is. Like, the and, guy's a comedy writer. Like, I think first and foremost. You know, he worked with, like, Brian Passane and did stuff with that. Um, this is just not... It's, it's it's not rustling my jimmies the right way.
1: But he's capable. Issue one was good of this. I, I, I thought disagree. it was good. And now... So, like you know the, it's it's weird how it changes so drastically from one issue to the next
0: i i think i think you know it's really just the difference between you know it goes back to it goes back to tone and something Cale said about like lessons learned you know house and powers i feel like every issue made you think mm. um and it made you think about what was happening in the book yes but also about you know life and you know the idea of an extinct group of people who are fighting desperately for their lives. And this is kind of just trying to have cool moments and Mimi shit and jokey stuff. And it's not really trying to say anything. And I think that's my biggest problem is there is something to be said, but it will remain unsaid.
2: We have um, Perez calling for the Hickman
0: cut in the chat there.
2: So, I mean, if you want to get that, that hashtag going, just make sure you add us.
0: Yeah. Before we move on to the next book, I just really wanted to highlight this comment from vengeance. I'm trying to properly get into X-Men through the animated series and then read some really well-known X-Men storyline arcs. Lastly, get into the Krakoan era stuff. Right now, I just read random stuff. So you're in luck because if you're trying to get into the X-Men, there is not a shortage of amazing books you can read. There really isn't. There are so many classics. So I don't want to do this forever. Let's real quick, everybody rattle off one that they would recommend to
2: Vengeance. For me, it's Wolverine, the X-Men by Jason Aaron. Uh, Wolverine is headmaster of Xavier school um, and our the X-Men, you know, are the teachers and there's a whole new generation. It is just classic. Good X-Men.
0: I will go with new X-Men by Grant Morrison. It is where I started with the X-Men. It is absolutely insanely good. Um, it's a foundational book, similarly transformative to house and powers. It had the same impact on the X-Men, although for a shorter period of time, and um, it really is just an incredible book. It's where we get good Emma, you know, like it's just, there's so much goodness there. Uh, I would recommend that. I... Uh,
1: I'm gonna say Astonishing X Men, the Josh Whedon stuff, a lot of fun, real good Josh stuff. Whedon. Yeah, what did I say? <laughs> Josh, Josh. Oh, did John I?
0: Cassidy art, by the way, yeah,
1: yeah. and then Ellis picks up afterwards. Ooh. Uh,
3: I'm gonna reach a little bit older than everybody else, I'm gonna say, um the dark phoenix saga i think uh i I hate dark phoenix but i think there's a reason that character has stuck around for so long and has made the impact uh that it has and uh chris claremont um and unfortunately i don't remember who did the art on that at that point could be uh but i think you know it's a it's a an early, early book that you kind of have to get used to, you know, the the format and the different uh, comics of the era. But once you're there, it's great storytelling.
2: It's what every X-Men book is either has a foot in that somehow.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, all right. Let's talk about Batman 143. <clears throat> Speaking of confusing. Uh, oh, Chip okay. Sadarsky on the words, Giuseppe Camuncoli and Andrea Sorrentino splitting duties on the art side of things, still. Uh, and uh, we've got Stefano Nessi and Sorrentino on inks, Alejandro Sanchez and Dave Stewart on the colors, and Clayton Cowles on the letters. This continues directly from the prior issue. Uh, we it, I think it it helps us orient ourselves a little better in what it exactly it is that we're reading um, now we have an understanding of what it is that the, that is happening with the Joker what Batman's former mentor is trying to do with the Joker um, and a, a separate timeline that appears to be in some kind of future maybe where the Joker is winning um, and uh, terrorizing Gotham with some brand new crazy gas Kel what were your thoughts on this one?
3: Now that we have an idea sort of of what's going on, I don't hate it. I'm still very confused by the time hopping. Hmm. I'm not getting like a sense of through line or a sense of like parallel, you know, between the past and the future. And that art jump feels wild. Even between like uh, even even just in uh, pages in the future, it feels like three different artists to me, mm. um, and that can be tough. You're um, saying
2: the but, Sorrentino art feels like three different artists? Just to yeah, okay.
3: yeah. <clears throat> um, but the the stuff in the past, the stuff I can get a foothold in, I think is fine. You know, uh so the the concept here is that in the same way that Batman has created the Zurin R personality and locked it away for himself, the guy that was his mentor, who I guess taught him to do that, taught the Joker.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And the Joker got it immediately. And not only got it immediately, he did it multiple times. And is the best at it. And that's why we have so many different shades of Joker throughout history. A little, I I think Tyler said it last week. It's a little uh, convoluted to have this focus around a Chip character. Right. But, like, for Chip, I guess that's fine. Like, this guy's never going to matter ever again. So, like, whatever. (laughs)
2: like. And honestly, I like that better than actually having three jokers.
1: Yes.
3: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think I do
2: too. Yeah.
1: I thought I thought that was a good response to that. If it was, I don't assume, I don't actually think it is, but I think it's a good way to visually associate. Oh, three jokers. They're just three aspects of who he is, and obviously that that run being different. But I thought that was a really interesting way to connect everything. In a in, in one sort of fell swoop, um, and I think the the timeline pieces made made reading through a little bit wonky, uh, but I had the opposite experience here where I thought the art helped to ground me, even though it was so varied. Um, I'm just a fan of both of these, uh, and the the way that they went all out, I think, helped me transition into different moods. So that way, I could all right, I I'm, I'm I understand we're here. Maybe I don't follow the how linearly it's going, but I, at the very least, I understand that we had an art change and I can follow that through until the next art change.
2: I, I'm very with Kale on this. Hmm. Um, we're like, I, I don't see a through line between the two stories just yet. Um, it almost feels like um, two separate mini-series that might have been shelved or put in a can somewhere um, and they're being used here. Um whether or not they do connect to each other. I don't know, we'll see. Um but the whole the whole past joker stuff I think it's fine. I think it's it's solid stuff. I do have an issue with it existing. Um uh it's a little bit like why do we need this? I think it's explaining things that don't need to be explained. Um especially with the joker's past and him having mentors. Like he's an agent of chaos in my mind. Like he should just exist. He shouldn't he be he
3: shouldn't be made he should be born exactly
2: yep he should be born as because Batman is born Joker gets born it's it's universal balance really um, and it's almost going too far with that it's like well Batman was trained so Joker must be trained all right too much uh, what are they both gonna have mom's name Martha coming up um I do like the Cam and Coley art I think that stuff is good uh, I'm a Kemen Coley fan um the Sorrentino art is interesting. I think there's some really horrifying jokers in this. Yeah. Um, but some of the art, you know, so Kelly, you said you, you, you think there's three different people on, on, on doing this. And there have been people online saying Sorrentino might have used AI for this. I don't want to accuse because that's rough. But there are some weird inconsistencies with this that are interesting. Um, that well, did even... take me out of it. It's I think the one that jumps out to me is Catwoman's mask changes every time you see her. It shows huh. her eyebrow, and some the angles are other ears are different in some of them. Um, the art was confusing. The lighting on it was so confusing, and it did not feel like Sorrentino to me.
1: the 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 that oil that sort of oil look that she yeah. has the the textures
2: oh. yeah it doesn't feel like Sorrentino to me. Like I I I'm like I come from like Sorrentino's work with Jeff Lemire. I come from like Eye Vampire, um, and this just feels so wildly different. I mean, it's it's not bad. But it just doesn't feel like Sorrentino to me. It feels way too painted, um, and it threw me off.
1: That 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 moment to me blew me away. I absolutely love that. It it, because it looks like fine art painting in the and I I love the way it uses like squares, variation of color, and just these huge like swaths.
2: It looks like what digital art thinks fine art
0: painting is. (laughs) Does that make sense? Um, so I, I have problems with this book, significant ones. I think about, so when I first started reading Batman, Grant Morrison was the writer and they mythologized the Joker. They made the Joker seem larger than life. And I think you can absolutely draw a parallel between what Grant was doing with Batman and Joker there and what Chip is doing here. Grant wanted to make Bat God, right? And so we got Joker God. They both, you know, were elevated. You know, we got a Joker that reinvents himself, you know, that can be reborn at will almost. Um, And this is saying, okay, whatever. Both of them were trained. And it takes both of those characters down from that realm of, you know, mythology and brings them down to like individuals who can just be taught to do this miraculous thing. But then what it also does, for some strange reason that I cannot understand, is it puts the Joker on a plane of superiority. He's better at Batman than this. You know, he was able to do this more than once, and he did it so easily. Why? W- why, why does that have to be a part of it? I think in this way, I think in this particular way, the origin, the actual like origin of the characters is better. Batman is you know, a trained figure. Joker is completely chaotic. You don't know jack shit about him. Right? And what you do know about him isn't even... We don't even know if that's really real. The Mm -hmm. idea that he's just some trained dude who can do this? Nah.
1: Nah. I think to that, it feels too easy because then it, it I think that superiority comes in of just like, oh, now he's better than this and then that's the way that you make him a more you know, dastardly villain is you make him better than uh, Batman. And that feels, I think, to that point, weak.
3: Well, and, you know, I haven't read the night, but just a couple issues of Batman ago, we met a woman who was like a master thief that Bruce trained under. So if all these people trained Bruce and they're supposedly better or or masters in their field, like what makes – Bruce special?
0: Mm. Hey, at this race. point, the answer is nothing. Yeah. The answer is nothing. Because uh, every Robin has an aspect of Bruce that they do better than he does. And now the Joker, the Joker does split personalities better than Bruce. <laughs> and all these masters are the masters, and Bruce is just a, a person who's been trained. Batman is a joke at this point. Joker. Ooh. Like, I... Hmm.
3: Joker's greatest oh. idea a long time ago and this might have been <clears throat> this might have been after arkham asylum but grant said at one point and i i know this is burned into my memory because i used it in uh, in my master's thesis that the joker can see past the panels past the comic space he can see the puppet strings And that's where Grant always wrote the Joker from. Mm. So Batman has a plan for everything. And that's all good. And that's, you know, his quote unquote superhuman ability, you know. But the Joker is above that anyway. And it's just that Batman is able to improvise and work with it and beat him. And that's why they can always compete. This just it it, it like, like I think like Sean says it it takes the godhood out of them.
0: Mm. Yeah, um and then you know on the art front, I'm I love sorrentino's work. I I, I think it's great. Everything I've seen of him has always been awesome. I have I ha- I'm not gonna lie. I have questions. I hate I. Mm, I don't want to say that. It's just, I, I hate that
2: I have to think about that. Yeah. You know what
0: I mean? It's just mm-hmm. but look it's, at the ju- it's just because, yeah. so
3: inconsistent, is the thing.
0: Wait,
2: the, what?
0: Like what?
3: even even in this courage the cowardly dog uh <laughs> panel, uh, <laughs> like
2: turn the slab those
3: the three the three images there are just wildly what? inconsistent. Like though they look like they could be
0: in th- three different artists. And as Fee Fee Waiver points out in the chat, Joker's fingers in the I mean ad, ad, admittedly a horrifying uh page, you know, his fingers just look really bizarre. Um yeah. like, I don't
3: know like they could be no fingers edited out.
1: No contortions. It, I mean, it, yeah,
3: you're no, you're absolutely right. Maybe.
1: Like look at the swirls, you can see the oil back there, like the texture. I hope you're right.
0: I'd rather you be right. But that
3: sure is a lot of ribs going all the way up to his collarbone.
0: And I'm not even saying this is what I think. I'm saying I just have, I just look at it and I and I immediately have questions. That's all I'm Mm -hmm. saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the Kamukoli stuff, man. I, you know, his art. I'm a big Kamukoli fan. I feel like when he's colored by, he's got to be colored by certain people. Because when he was colored by Mark DeGracia during that Amazing Spider-Man dance lock deal, boy oh boy, was that magic! And this is muted, which isn't bad. I think it maybe fits the tone, but I wish there was a little bit more hop in the color. I feel like it just brings out his pencils more to mm. me.
1: Mm. I think the inking as well probably in mixed in there. It's a little little uh, rougher lines, but the watercolor texture is is present.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah, uh, was it, um, who else brought it up in here? Amin Perez brought up, like, the whole fact that Batman looks like Batfleck in the future, like, identical to Ben Affleck. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes he looks like Christian Bale. Like, it gets tricky because it's like, photo referencing has been used in comics forever. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. before digital comics. But sometimes it looks like it is traced, or, or almost a little too photo referencing, you know? Um... It did take me out of it, though, because these because it looks like such a specific Batman that harkens back to such a specific tone and moment that it takes me out of the book.
0: Mm -hmm. Paul, there's good stuff here. I didn't really speak to it too much, but you guys did that. Um, I'm ready for this to be over. I would really love it if I never, ever again read a Joker origin or fill in the blank or anything like that ever again. I'm tired of it with the Joker. We get it. And I'd rather not get it. Like, I'd rather not know. Mm -hmm. He's the only character. I I just don't want to know. Him and Wolverine. Like, I
3: don't think Wolverine should have a past either.
0: Right, yeah. Wolverine you could play with a little more, though, because it's so much missed history. Like, been alive for so long. He doesn't know what he really remembers. I get, yeah, I get that, but... And and Joker's a villain, you know, like, I, to me, his superpower is that you just don't know what he's going to do. You don't know what yeah. he's going to say. You don't know what he's been through. You don't know what's in his mind. And when you eliminate all of that by filling in the blanks, it takes away from what makes the character special to me. But everybody has a different version of Joker. So, uh, Paul, but I'm not in love with this.
3: Yeah, there's good stuff here, but I'm not coming back to this. So like pull, but yes,
1: uh, pull, and the artwork hits spectacular. I want more of these guys on this kind of book.
0: Well, you're uh, gonna get one more issue of it.
2: It's a pass for me. I want just I want to get to 145. Let's just get back to the other Batman stuff. Yeah,
0: I get that. Jump into Action Comics, the second book this week that shows us. A variant of the Joker or a different Joker personality. Um, look, gotta love that. This is by Jason Aaron on the words. Um, joined by uh, John Timms. Colors by Rex Locus. Letters by Dave Sharp. Uh, yeah, it's this is the days after the Bizarro spell takes over uh, Metropolis, and we're seeing how that progresses. You know, Superman tries to get help. No one can really deal with this. Meanwhile, Bizarro has fully taken over Metropolis. Uh, there is somehow a murder rate of zero, even though all of <laughs> Metropolis is taken Sorry. over. A yeah. couple
2: maimings, though. A couple maimings.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, Superman is is struggling to fight this curse or this this power off, and he's in and out of Bizarro mode. Yeah, I think this. I think this. This has already worn its welcome for me. Uh, th- this yeah. reminded me
2: why I don't like bizarre stories.
0: <laughs> let me, let me ask you this: What order
3: did you read this and Batman in?
0: I read Batman ah uh, uh, before this. No, after this. After this. Okay, I read
3: it
2: before. I read these all back to back. I read the big two books back to back, which really started me off on a bad point for the week. <laughs>
3: Well, I I mean, so did I, but like, I think for me, I think reading Batman first affected my reading of this a little bit Mm -hmm. in that I was already tired of being in this headspace, you know, this backwards, uh, you know, evil villain town, you know, I was already just done with it. It's in a story, yeah. in, in a story, frankly, I wasn't even that interested in the first place.
0: It's weird because I enjoyed the first one so much. Yeah, it was good. It was good,
1: and it, this kind of fell off just because I think I, the the some of the Bizarro speak stuff for me what took me out was the moment where he's just like, I'm succumbing, I'm succumbing, and by sheer will, I'm good, and we hit the ground running. It's like saving people. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Like, give me a little drama. Give me a little something. Don't just W- wipe it away. What was he saying, Marco? Sorry.
2: What, what was Superman <laughs> saying? <laughs> I
3: don't. Never mind, dude. I just, <laughs> I just feel like this story has been done before, and I don't know that for a fact, but I have to imagine in the history of Superman, Bizarro has taken over Metropolis before. Yeah, and surely. he's succumbed to a Bizarro thing before, and like, I don't even, I don't even know if this has happened before, but it feels well trod to me.
2: It's because it's the Joker virus with more steps. Uh,
1: maybe, yeah. It's, it's
2: it's the Joker virus, but now I have to read and, and overthink every single piece of dialogue.
3: <laughs> it's the Joker virus, but in Technicolor.
1: I, I think I think one of the things that works well when you do Bizarro is when uh, he's a sympathetic character, and, and the thing that always goes to mind is All Star Superman, and he's just trying to get off the planet, uh, off a of Bizarro world. He's working with Bizarro, and he it, it, it there's an innocence there, and this feels too nefarious for um, Bizarro, and I'm um, I i do not care for the for the need to save the day in these situations. Like everyone's just kind of mind controlled. That feels, it doesn't feel too interesting.
3: To that point, I wonder if that's what made the first issue interesting. It's just like we, you know, we saw what Bizarro went through. Right. Whereas here it was just like, "Eh, well, that's not really
0: worth it. Mm -hmm. I just don't really feel like this whole concept has legs. I mean, you know, Marco asked how come they had to so quickly go away from Superman being bizarroed. And the reason is because if Superman is bizarroed, you can't have a story. Okay. If Superman's is bizarroed, then everybody dies and that's a wrap. And the fact that that's not what immediately started to happen is, you know, not great because that's exactly what would immediately happen. Yeah. Um, and so for me, this issue, it does what you, what you would expect it to do. It shows us the world bizarroed. But I just don't feel like that's that interesting. Um, And Bizarro's speak is only compelling because he's the only guy doing it. Once everybody's doing it and literally every line of dialogue I have to decipher, it's not as fun for me as the readers. So I don't know.
2: I agree with you. Bizarro is better when he sticks out. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, John Timms, great Superman artist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just classic good capes and cows type comic book stuff
1: didn't blow me away there's it was, it was a lot of lines a lot of uh, additional edges to people and to like like the, I'm, I'm looking at the face right now of superman where he's he has a little beard and there's just a bunch of texture on him uh yeah yeah like on his neck there's additional lines There's there's no smoothness to him kind of jagged
2: Honestly, I found that to be the most interesting part of the book is watching Superman's facial hair progress, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and then and go so, away. Yeah i i, I really <laughs> have a tr- I really have trouble with Bizarro speak. I think it might just be a me thing. Where um, I
3: point. really think this was pretty inconsistent. Like there yeah. were a couple of times I was trying to math math it out, and I don't think it I don't think it worked.
2: Well, I just don't like having to do that, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Because because then I'm yeah. so, I'm I'm starting to think I, like I start breaking it down by like verb and adjective. I'm like, all right, which one are you yeah. referring to? Yep. It's just too much thinking involved for dialogue that like I had to put this book down and get back to it.
3: It's it's a bit like good Ettrigan dialogue should feel like yep. poetry. Yep.
2: Exactly. Like it's you should feel
3: you should at at most you should go oh funny that rhymed, but it shouldn't <laughs> take away from you know what's at hand.
2: Yeah, because the, it was like, oh, these firemen, uh, instead of putting out fires, they're starting them with fire hoses, though. So I'm, like, overthinking. I'm like, how are they doing it with the fire hose?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Shouldn't I
2: just light it on fire? I don't, like, this is where I, like, overthought a majority of this book.
1: And Blue Devil and Constantine are randomly here for, like, a hot, for a page. He's like, go get me a Const- coffee.
3: Constantine would never.
1: <laughs> word, word.
0: I don't got time for this shit. uh yeah i mean i'm having a lot of fun with off world which is jason aaron's other dc book this was fun for the first issue but i think i got everything i needed it's one of those like you could read the first and last and be good like i don't need to see superman and the joker team up that's not in my That's not in my in my uh in in my desires and so i'd really not like to see that But uh, the first one was really good, and I'll probably check in for the last issue and call it a day. The next one's the last issue of the arc, so. So I probably won't check in for the last (laughs) issue, and I'm calling it a day now. The following arc has Brainiac
2: doing a Lobo army, so.
0: What? Wow, that's sick. Another character that I don't care about, (laughs) uh, uh, Lobo. Word, keep it to Superman. And what happened to the family? That's... well, we're getting what we asked for, right? We asked for I, no family, I, and that- and
3: and thus the monkey's paw curls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm at a pass with this. This is just my week for comics. Yeah, pass.
1: Yeah,
2: I think yeah, y'all, same. y'all,
0: y'all did us dirty this time. It's a pass. Can we talk about the comics you like this week? <laughs> <laughs> well, real quick, Kale's right. The audience did us dirty. We did get Action Comics as the listener pick of the week. And, you know, we all just didn't like it. So that sucks. You guys whiffed big time. Uh, but we are going to read The Displaced anyway. We're going to review it anyway here a little bit later. Congrats to Joel. Thank you yes. for, your, uh, for your campaign. Um, so that'll be fun.
3: Catherine, Catherine said, don't you y'all us.
2: <laughs> I didn't vote for that shit. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I'm gonna feel nine months, okay. um let's talk about Transformers number five, Daniel I Warren Johnson guess. and Mike Spicer, Russ Wootman. you know the drill, more fighting, more transforming, more wrestling moves, um more of the same. Tyler, what do you think of this one?
2: I really like this issue. I think mm-hmm. the opening to this issue was really good. um, the opening was uh. Optimus and I guess they call him Sparky, the, the, the guy's dad uh, ex-military, um, and pretty much like beat for beat, both of them in war. It's two pages of that, just uh, I think the, the pages are broken up by four panels each. Um, and then they just talk about the idea of war and like, like I don't expect that tr- Optimus Prime to have to tell me about the horrors of war and unending war and and me feel something about that. Um, But this book manages to do that same thing that Danny Warren Johnson always manages to do, which is make me feel for characters in situations that are batshit insane. Um, So like that alone was like, all right, I think this is my pick of the week off those couple pages alone. And then the other 75% of the book is just some insanely good action sequences. Um, There's at one point Optimus takes this it looks like the most rinky-dink Decepticons I've ever heard of. One of them who's a camera, <laughs> um, and demolishes them like no holds barred. Uh, it's just it, it's just a delight for my eyes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really oh, like this book.
0: Uh, really Yo, good that stuff. cannon blast yeah. was amazing. Yeah, yeah, I love cool, that. Yeah, just obliterated.
2: I, I had I issues getting fuck, this yeah. book. Um, <laughs> I had to um, get this on omnibus. If you guys like omnibus. Uh, yeah. An alternative to comiXology because comiXology told me this book doesn't come out till next week, uh, which is bonkers to me.
3: Yeah, I couldn't get it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, Omnibus good if you like everything besides the big two. So hopefully they can get big two, but a uh, much easier experience there. Um, but yeah, this is really really good stuff. I liked it a lot.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, funny enough, i've I've been I've been switching to Omnibus. So I actually didn't have the experience I, I until I ca- caught up on the chat where you guys are like, oh, we can't get it on Kama Saj. I'm like, oh, oh, cool. I awesome. Uh the the buying experience was pretty seamless. Um, but the the this and the displays, which I think we'll get to later, but like uh a lot of fun. And I think some of the the big things in, in this series or in this series has been consistently Danny Warren Johnson's art. And this one, when he's turning on the generator, um, there's this level of just mechanical wires and I'm going to, I don't know if you can see it too well here, but uh, there's just there's just a, a series of, uh, at the bottom, of just like gunk and junk. And it feels a little dirty and rusty. And I like that this is in contrast to some of the square, uh, the square bodies of the Decepticons, the Autobots. Um, that there you have this variety of machinery. And I think it gives uh, the entirety of the book just uh, this really nice dynamic texture. Um, and it continues to play in when you get into those big action sequences, because you get to see the uh, the variety of how that texture plays out when they transform into cars, also when they transform back into into bots. Um, yeah, solid
0: fun. I I definitely like this issue better than last issue. I did too. I thought this was a much better issue than the last one. Uh, I I enjoyed it more. I found there to be cooler moments for me at least. Seeing Optimus with that cannon on was just sick. Um, I feel like it's very early for us to be getting Devastator. Um, Mm -hmm. Although I'm not up on Transformers lore, I just happen to know that that's a pretty powerful character. Um, but I guess we are five issues in, so you know, cool. Uh, I just, I don't know. I want more to happen. Like I'm enjoying it. Like this was good. It's a good issue. Lots of cool fighting. I really like the new. Um, what was her name? The new uh, RC Carly. Oh, RC, RC, RC. Yeah, yeah. RC was awesome. I like the the moment where she gets to save Carly. What, that was. Sick. I think
2: it's it's trans in some canon of of Transformers. Mm-hmm what a trans transformer yeah um um she wasn't always female in presentation mm. um there is a it's a comic book thing i think so yeah
0: okay um uh, yeah good stuff good stuff. you off of that one sean <laughs> well,
3: sean's reaction to that was what <laughs> i couldn't tell I... where he was gonna lean Well, I just feel like that's kind of... I can't even fact check
2: it, because I'm searching RC trends, and of course I'm getting all Transformers stuff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Yeah, was this was a fun, good issue of Transformers. Wish I could (laughs) have read it. uh, We have one more with uh, Danny Warren-Johnson. One more with him on art. He is staying on writing, but art will be handled by someone else. Uh,
1: And frankly, the writing's been uh, phenomenal, so... Keep it up. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. absolutely. Pull. Great. Yeah, it's a poll for me. There's pull. a great uh, James Stoko variant as well. So anytime Ooh. there's James Stoko on art, I'm into it.
1: Yo, love
0: his stuff. Yes, I mean, I was flabbergasted. I absolutely was. It, All right. It,
3: to be fair, it came out of nowhere.
2: <laughs> I like <laughs> R.C. as a character. So in a few I Transformer lore that I know.
0: Not what I was expecting to hear. Um, Up next is If You Find This, I'm Already Dead. With a script by Matt Kinn, art by Dan McDade, colors by Bill Crabtree, letters by Jim Campbell. Matt Kinn is not someone whose books we've reviewed much here, if at all, um, but is a name that I think we're all probably familiar with. You know, um, we've seen him at cons and stuff like that, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just Known for doing good stuff. So I thought, let's give it a try. What I didn't know was that this would be a $7.99 oversized first issue. That's what I didn't know. Yeah. And I hate to break it to you, but every single comic that I review is reviewed and read through the lens of the price of the comic. Hmm. It just is what it is. Yep. And so for me this is a solid 3.99 book. <laughs> but not a 7.99 book for me. Uh it's really it's a really basic opening where we're on, you know, it's the future and you know you've got space travel that's pretty normal for these people and we follow a reporter who is with a military group who's going to fight a battle against some alien race. And, you know, things happen. I won't really, there's not, there's really not much more to say, but uh, we spend a little bit of time on the world, get to see very little of the dynamics of the world and everything like that. And to me, there wasn't anything here that was like, I got to see what's going to happen next. I like the idea of the reporter being the POV, but I feel like that is going to be stripped – that's essentially stripped away by the end of the first issue um, because she's not going to be – she's just She's just going to have to figure out a way to fight through this. Yeah. And, and that's – we've seen that already. Yeah. I'm um, oh, sorry, go to that.
2: I actually, I, I kind of like the issue. I thought the, the art was good. I, I love an issue where they introduce a ragtag group of characters and they kill them off immediately. Um, mm. I, like, I like when they do it in, suicide, in the Suicide Squad. I like when they do it here. Um, I think the world is interesting looking enough in design that I'm curious to see what else is going to happen. Um, I didn't realize it was an oversized issue in terms of the formatting because I read digitally. Um, mm. But once I put it on the slides, I'm like, why is the dimensions of this one weird? Um, so that makes sense.
0: Did it um, cost you seven ninety nine?
2: It's the same price either way. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, I thought the content of it was good. Uh, but Sean's right, where it doesn't, it, it moves very fast. This book. Um, you have your 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 enacting uh, your your moment that everything happens and uh, uh, what's inciting the inciting incident? The inciting incident that thing. Yeah, I went to school. Um, and right. then it's just breakneck speed from there. A lot of running through sewers. A lot of that. Um, I thought it was it was paced well, but it doesn't feel chunky enough to justify that cost. I agree with you, Sean. Um, but uh, I thought it looked really good. I the art was very good on it. Dan McDade art was really good.
1: Beersome Mr. Fang, and we um, did a, uh, a single thing. Uh, anyway, big fan. He's, his Dega uh, Dega 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 something He's like that. Dega. That's under, yeah, yeah. Um, Dan McDade, good stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. like this cartooniness um the the inking it feels kind of like um like a simon gain anyone's familiar from like a profit kind of thing so i'm a big mm-hmm. fan of the art off of this the design for the aliens didn't light me on fire oh um, really i loved it yeah, so, it, yeah. It, it felt a little i don't know, blocky is didn't feel as organic i thought as compared to some of the other stuff mm-hmm. um but uh, I think similar to what Tyler laid out, I, I like the pacing. Matt Kent tends to kind of just jump into the story, get through to whatever he needs to, and I think he crafted uh, enough for me to to want to come back. I'm also just a big fan of his stuff, so I'm you know this was a buy for me regardless. Um, so I'm 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 looking forward to the to the next issue of this. I'm gonna I'm interested to see where this where this goes, in particular because of how the POV character is a writer is a journalist, She's gonna have some kind of maybe angle to come back to, um, which is probably going to be insightful and his books then to incorporate some of his insight. So I'm I'm looking forward to that piece.
0: Yeah, man, you know, you talk about the art and I, I, I just felt like every single panel Robin looked the exact same, like she was always just had that same exact fear face. Um, and I just, I don't know. Like the characters don't really, they're, they're not interesting looking for me. Um, the world, we, we haven't seen enough of it for me to really say whether it's compelling or not, but we spend so much time in underground spaces and, you know, nooks and crannies that we don't see the world. And I feel like in a first issue where you got to sell me, you got to show me the world something something to be tantalizing um i mean the villains you know these bad guys these troops they carry around lightsabers they literally have lightsabers um i wanted this to be, i wanted to really enjoy this but i just i i couldn't find my i couldn't find my way in i didn't i couldn't connect
3: Boy, this would have been my pick of the week if not for the price, because hmm. it's a normal, it's a fairly normal page count, right? I think 20, so. Twenty twenty five. Yeah. I don't. I have the with a couple of sketches in the back that I, I guess were worth it. Um. I yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um. And and I imagine you know, that it's gonna lead to exploring the world more as uh you know we follow robin as she survives which i'm fine with i think uh you know i think this this issue does a lot for setting up a bit of political intrigue you know with um these these metal looking spark plug ass aliens and you know the their yellow subjugants um, but uh, it was a little light for the price.
2: Thirty-two that, pages. That sucks. Confirmed. How many what was that? Thirty-two of story. And there's uh, just th- I see it online as listed as thirty-two pages. I don't know if that means of story. That's going to be everything.
3: Well, there's because there was additional pages
1: in the back. So
3: I got nine pages of uh, yeah extra content so yeah. that's not uh that that's so yeah it's a 21 issue book 23 issue book so standard page page yeah sorry 23 page story yeah,
0: yeah it doesn't surprise me uh on cage that this book is getting good reviews and obviously we all liked it to some degree um mm-hmm. so if you're curious about it, i would say that you should judge for yourself um but for me when i'm staring at 799 you know a book's really got to do something special right. to justify that and just right. being oversized especially it's not it's not you know i hate to say this but it's like it's not batman it's not it's just, i'm trying this out right i'm giving this a chance yeah. um that's a hard sell that's a hard sell so
3: if if you're curious um, I would say Kent is worth the trade way. His stories work really well in trade, and uh, they tend to be, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I you know I would have said fairly priced before buying this issue, but you know who knows how. He, normally they're fairly well priced, and frankly, he puts a, he puts out so much you could probably catch it on a sale uh, pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say trade-weight it if you can.
0: Or look for preview pages. Most of the time, you can find a certain amount of preview pages online. Um, So do that. And if you like them, if you like the art, then make the decision there. Yeah. For me as a person, personally, this is a pass. I don't want to come back for this price point. There's just no way. Not for something that didn't blow me away. Um, But you know sweets their own and i encourage you to read for yourself
2: for me story pull book pass (laughs) if that makes sense i just i just can't justify the double the price cost for the same amount of book it's just in this economy i know that's a meme but like literally here
1: yeah yeah pass i mean pull but be wary of
0: price hard pull for me just because i'm a big fan so who here has not said what their pick of the week is? Uh, have we I all... have not. No. No, okay. I have not. So is our all of our pick of the week is the same then? I think it must be. Yeah. The Displaced. The book we weren't even going to read. Wow. Dang. The book Dang. we were not even going to read. Joel, Joel. Justice came through Yo, this man. week. Where half of the voters or so, chose to go with Action Comics, the book that we all passed on, we are all saying that this place, number one, is our pick of the week. Let me tell you something. Well, before I tell you something, let me tell you who did this book. <laughs> uh, else. Written, written by Ed Brub- uh, Ed Brisson, not Brubaker. Uh, one of the other talented Eds. Luca Casalinguida. Colors by D. Kniff, lettered by Hassan Atman el the letter of the indies. Love me a good um, Casa Linguina. <laughs> uh, this issue was $4.99. <laughs> and I feel like I got double the enjoyment, double the excitement, double the story of the book we just read. Not to compare, but when you're talking price, I mean, come on. We This we- is a book with a very simple premise, but... Is sets up a very intriguing mystery. Uh, A town is gone. Oshawa vanishes. And the book is simply giving us these interesting people who are in some way, shape, or form connected to the event that occurs and follows them trying to figure out what's going on, trying to see if people will believe them. You know, this is really character-driven. It gives you the one big event and then let's character dictate what happens from there, and the intrigue from there. I absolutely loved this. I feel like I got so much out of this. I cared about the characters. I was invested in what the hell is going on, and this idea that Brisson presents, where you know places just disappear and then people forget about them.
3: It's That's hot. interesting.
0: I, I, to the to the extent where
1: I was like. Let me google some of this shit you think this has happened like uh, and, and some of the the, things, the times that he listed it, and i'm like wait wait this is a this is a book what are you doing like obviously this is not real but um and i think the the immediacy of the care is because the characters felt very easy to sympathize with like the the opening scene had um just the, the which call it the husband and wife um baby. Uh, I, I get that I can I can understand that easy to sympathize with, you know, somebody's gotta go get diapers. And then the the guy have telling getting told that his father had a, a stroke. And I I thought the story was gonna be Oh, they're meeting and gonna crash me too. Oh, I and I'm like, Oh, that was cool. Because then when they both when they both get to the 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 bus, and they still kind of have a fender bender. um I'm like, Oh, wait a second. Hold on. That was a cool way to just get my mind kind of working. Um And then you just, like, as my mind is active and, and trying to figure out, then you present me the complication. I was like, whoa, okay, okay. That was a cool, it wasn't even a swerve, but that was just a cool way to naturally progress in your storytelling um, to allow for some sort of tension afterwards.
0: And it played on your expectation. Yep. I'm sure that Brison deliberately intended for us to think that that's what was going to happen. Yep. And then he swerved us, which is... Great. Because I was like, all right, you know, it was pretty pedestrian so far. I get it. I get it. And then it goes a different way. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. I'm awake now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cool shit. Ed Brisson is super talented. Super talented. I've been a fan of this dude since before any Marvel work. The Violent. I've sung the praises of the Violent for years on this podcast. Um... And I think every ounce of his talent is on display here. It's on displaced here.
2: Huh? No, that was a stretch. Tried, uh, you tried. So I didn't. I didn't get to the book. Sorry, sorry, Joel. Uh, we had a lot of books this week. But uh, the way you described it has me at least interested to check it out. So,
0: you know, Tyler, uh, I think that you will probably like this a lot.
2: I I, gener- I generally like Ed Brisson's writing. Um, his X Horse run is under talk, like just underappreciated. Um, yes. And I talk yep. about that all the time. Um, so I will probably check this out, actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I think if you're looking to take a chance on a number one this week, this would be the one. This is the one. It's
3: reasonably priced, it's 10 more pages than the other book we read. 10 more story pages. Um, you can't go wrong. I think, yeah, I think this is a great book that's got
0: a good future. You know what it reminded me of? I don't know how many of you have seen this, but it reminded me of the first episode of Lost in the sense that, you know, and that's quintessential, right? Like they land, they crash land. And even before that happens, you're getting to know these characters and you're investing. And so by the end of the the first episode, not only do you care about what the hell is this island, why I did the plane crash, all that big stuff, you also care about the characters who this is happening to. Mm-hmm. And if you can't make that happen, if you can't figure that alchemy out, you cannot tell stories that are driven by an event occurring like this one is. But Ed Brisson clearly did the homework and understands what it takes to make this function. And it was excellent. I really can't recommend it enough. It's my pick of the week.
3: Yeah i was going to uh uh say it's a lot like um tinian's old book uh the woods did you oh, guys read man. that that
2: was yeah. a good book yeah that was good
3: it was uh yeah this uh, was it a whole school i think it was a whole school high school or middle school disappears to uh uh an alien planet and it does some uh, exactly what you just said. It you spend time with the characters and you you get to know their dynamics and how the clicks and stuff work, and then boom, they're on this alien planet. They have to figure out how to survive. Drifting classroom type stuff.
0: Yeah, simple shit, and the the cast you know the cast here is is not large. It's not a large cast, but I think that you know it'll probably get larger over time. But the fact that it introduces just a few people is way better. Like I think about nice house. Remember I still, I had never figured out who everybody was Yep. with this. It's like, okay, here's a couple of people, you know, a few people, here's their backstory loosely. Here's their relationship to this. This is crazy. Don't you want to know what's going to happen next to them?
3: Well, and not even loose backstory, but backstory that you can hang on to. Like it gives you just enough Mm -hmm. for you to go. Okay. Here's the emotional core of this character. Sweet.
0: Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah, can't wait for the next one. And by the way, uh, Ed Brisson is going on a on a tour to a signing tour, so maybe he'll be in your city soon if you want to you know, say hello to Ed Brisson. He's a good guy. Tell him who sent you. Yeah. They'll mm-hmm. be, he'll be he'll be with uh, Matthew Rosenberg too on one of those dates. Ooh. Yeah, so catching those two together, I'm sure that's a ton of fun. They're very, they have a long history, so. Uh,
1: the only thing about this one was uh, the art. I think there were some moments with like facial structures that didn't always land. Um, but outside of that, that's probably the smallest critique that I can give this book. Uh, panels were good. Um, the way that the art was presented, um, the way the art was broken out, clear communication outside of that excellent. And there were moments where I think he cheat a little bit where he'd he'd, he'd have a, a panel, and then he'd zoom in on just like the face of that to kind of reuse the panel, which is fine. Obviously, you want to find efficiencies in in your work, um, but uh, yeah,
3: otherwise, solid art. This was my hey, first time. Sorry, Kill. Go ahead. I was well just to uh, go to talk about Marco's thing further. Can you name an example of that face zooming in? I just pulled it up right now. It's not. See, Katie. okay. I think he's doing that cuz he he does it a couple of times like you say, yeah. but it's very specifically for for the emotional yep. beat.
1: For sure. Um, what I mean is if you look at it, it's the same image, he just literally zooms in on it. Can you pull up that one you were pulling up again? Is that
0: okay I see yeah like
1: he just zooms in on the face like I uh, I don't mean it in terms of like for dramatic effect I mean like artistically it, it he just like scrolls in on it because you can actually see the some of the lines yeah um, they're chunkier and right right exactly yeah. and he does that a couple times which for efficiency sake understood not a not a critique
0: um as much as it is just a thing to call out shoot man I remember uh I I, I want to say it was deodato on new avengers um but i could be wrong but it's a it's a well-worn trope where you got multiple panels of the same Mm -hmm. that same panel repeated and honestly that has never bothered me because i feel like um you know it's always getting something across so Mm -hmm. i it it always it it tells me this is the same moment you're supposed to think about this as the same moment the same way that if you were watching something and they zoomed in, yes, it's the same shot, but you need to see this zoom for some reason. Yeah. That's how I look at it.
2: I remember Warnick mm-hmm. did something similar in a, a trial of Magneto or, or death of whatever it was. Um, but instead of zooming in, it was like literally the same panel used on the next panel over. And that kind of took me out of it.
0: So, yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes, you know, it might not be creative. Like there might not be a creative reason for it, or maybe it just doesn't work for you, but yeah
1: well i i feel i feel like i i see it as like i think the the zoom piece is a little different because that's like uh you're t- you're going through time where this is jumping between time and you're not allowing the height of that emotion in that next panel to change or differ from the previous when it's the same right like, like you could do something with that that is redrawn at that, in that, uh, to that same, I guess, depth, to allow for potentially like a heightened moment where this doesn't give me that same feeling.
0: Hmm. Okay. Point taken. Nonetheless, um, yeah. I, I will say, I think the art uh, overall definitely fits. It fits with the story that we're that we're getting. Um, and this is my first time seeing Luca's work, but I'm excited to see more. Yeah,
2: yeah. looks like he worked on uh,
0: yeah. some of the. Tyler, what was your pick of the week then? Transformers. Oh, Transformers, right. oh,
2: yeah. nice. Uh, Luca worked oh. on some uh, recent James Bond stuff. So.
1: Oh
3: yeah, uh, with PKJ. Hmm. Uh,
2: why did why I skip work? that?
3: Oh, it's apparently pretty good. I, I hear a lot old old about this. Uh, no, and not just Philip Kennedy Johnson's, but all of these. Um, Bond books are apparently really fucking good. I didn't, I didn't like his run. Uh, it started off a little weird.
1: Johnsons. Yeah, Ron B on that. Um. Yeah. PKJs. I. I didn't. Wow. I, I didn't like some of his. I think I got maybe three issues and it didn't fit some of the previous writers. I think Diggle was found previously or something.
2: Diggle and Elschot
0: did some doubles. Yes. At time,
2: yes.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Ellis has done it. Karen Gillan's
0: done it. Yep. Get ryan edward hill on it i think i might have done this maybe not i don't remember thank you joel for your campaign efforts on the displaced ended up being a great book saving our week yeah don't just vote for the superhero stuff you know the the indie stuff the boom image dark horse stuff they put out good books too and it helps us if we look we know we have to review Big Two stuff. We know we have to do it. But but I also like, and I'm sure we all like, being able to say to you, hey, here's this other thing that's not Big Two that you can try. So I'm glad we that's got enough. the opportunity to do that. Let's get into the stack. Ooh. Let's get into my weekly stack. Now, I have to say, this felt like a big week for me. Um. But I actually missed two books. I missed two books that I only realized I missed them after the fact. Missed, and are you going Uh. to be buying them next week? (laughs) See, this is always the problem that I have. If I miss a book, it's like out of sight, out of mind for me. Like the next week, I simply don't remember that I didn't get it.
2: Oh, you just read it off. That might be your jumping off point, honestly. If you didn't remember to buy it, then why are you reading it?
0: Dude. You should be my therapist because that is absolutely (laughs) correct. Like, I'm pretty sure we'll look at my stack in a minute. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure I didn't buy Miles Morales 16. I think I missed that. How are you liking that book? I don't know. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Easily uh, my
3: favorite answer.
0: (laughs) And then I wanted to get Night Thrasher number one because we were going to review it. And I literally completely forgot to buy it. I just forgot. So
2: yeah. If Night Thrasher was on a less busy week,
0: I would have I would have at least read it for a quick shot. But it probably would have been in the show if it was a you know on a week or week. Rami says 19 books. Whoa. Chill. Oh, who do you think That's I am? Chill. Bean? <laughs> Bean yeah. is my cousin. Yeah. My cousin. Um, all right. So we've got what the seven books we talked about today? Yeah, I think seven? it was seven. Right no, six,
2: found them. Displaced would six. be seven. Displaced six. makes it seven. You read six because, transformers. Oh, because I didn't get transformers. Comicsology wanted to Yeah, be a right pain
0: in the ass. Yeah. So we seven. Damn. Got those plus. Wolverine number forty three. Mm. Can't wait to read wait. that. Don't don't tell us yet. We didn't put our. our... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah.
3: So we've got we've got Rami with nineteen. We've got James Jones with sixteen. Uh, I'm going to go 16 feels good. Catherine says 14. I'm going to go 15.
2: Yeah. I'm going I'm go 15. He, he forgot to. I'm going with 11.
3: I'm going
1: with 11.
2: 11. I have hope for Sean. Tressy. I think actual change is being made.
0: I'll <laughs> <laughs> well, see. I, I know Sean. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Uh, Roboter says what? 10? 10 and wow. Okay. Uh, Green Lantern number eight.
3: That's eight nine. Green, Green Lantern being nine.
0: Uh, oh God. Um Amazing Spider-Man number 43 again. <laughs> Wait, oh, you had I had to get X-Men it. Look Disney at this cover, variant. dude. Know, this dude. is the the uh the variant, the Disney variant that is aping the X-Men number one or whatever that's got, you know, the the normal Disney cast as the mutants. Man, Everybody up those votes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good cover, dude. Ugh. I I have to. I get the. I get every one of them. I got to corporate chill, but I'm fine with it. Yeah, dude, they're sick. Um, Blade number eight. One of my favorite books right now. Blade mm-hmm. has been great. The Infernals number one. Oh. another. Yeah, another. I think, another I think
3: that's what I voted for this week. He's gonna get
0: that really. One. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting through the, the that Jill, one. Uh, the Jill Stein, the deviant. Of the, yeah. Sorry,
2: no, I was gonna say the Jill Stein of the 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 poll last week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the deviant number four mm. This mm. is still going. Mm. The hunger and the dusk. I think this is number six. Yeah, the G Willow Wilson World of Warcraft joint. It's not literally World of Warcraft, but it might as well be. Sexy orcs and whatnot. Um, and then the last book is Batman's City of Madness, oh, book three. Yeah. Wow! I'm gonna be really honest with you guys right now. Okay. I bought this issue right, and I have no idea whether or not I actually own the second one. <laughs> I have no idea. that not surprise me. Uh, a seven dollar book, mind you. Oof. Yeah. But Christian Ward, I mean, my God, are you, are you? are you sure you're not being? I thought I, I thought I canceled Batman City of Madness. Like I thought I was done, but then I was like, man, why would I be done? This is good stuff, and I was like, you know what? I probably bought the second one, so I'll get the third one. I literally don't know right now if it's in my stack.
2: It's good stuff off of Vibes only, not content of the book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is my problem. So what was my final number? Thirteen. So I. I think I got 15, but I, I lost count. 14.
2: I think it's 13.
3: 15. Okay. Yep. There
1: it is. And I
2: had 15. Faith in you,
0: Sean. My man. That's me. Shouldn't sure have. Not this week, dude. This is 15, a killer week. baby. And I forgot to. And he forgot to. <clears throat> so it would have been 17. Oh.
2: And two of those books are the cost of two books. So. We're almost looking at like, oh, that's a close, almost in a way,
0: a 20 book week. Well, hey, dude, my $10 off at Midtown Comics made this book free. There you go. Girl math. Love to see it. it. Boy, that $10 off is getting, that is a rip off. Dude, remember when it was 20? That was the greatest time ever. Oh, man. I
3: I used to get graphic novels at the Wazoo because of that discount.
0: Hell yeah, man oh i miss those days it was it was twenty dollars off every hundred you spend now it's ten dollars off every hundred and twenty dollars that's spend. right yep yep guess what i get my discount like every two weeks <laughs> it's it's bad it's bad Is it
1: pee pee poo poo
0: <laughs> uh roboter says sean is getting better at picking up more stuff he wants that's kind of See, part of the problem.
2: Yeah, well, and also, I don't necessarily think it's a want.
0: <laughs> this feels almost like a compulsion, Sean. It is a compulsion. I'm on yeah. record admitting that. That's I got a problem. That's why we're doing this segment. I need help. Have, I'll send you my rates. Hey, we're not giving show, it. Sean. Like, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's content.
0: <laughs> but I will say, like, I, I don't buy books based on this segment. I buy them. This is what I would buy. Um, I love those Disney variants. I would always buy them. Um, I'd probably buy, there are more books I would buy if we had never started doing this. I'm 100% positive about it. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't buy uh, Batman and Robin. I would have bought that. But I'm like, fuck it. Why do I need to buy that? I don't even, I don't, I don't want to.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And listen, you don't have to. You've 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 poisoned me in that I'm buying stuff I don't want to buy.
0: What are you buying?
3: I had to buy the fucking seven dollar book this week.
0: That's I mean that's not my fault. That's what we do here. Well, and it's, and it's
3: listen, that's it's part of the problem.
0: In, it's measured in <laughs> stone where he's from too. I think
2: that's that's the conversion right stone.
0: Yeah, you got it. Okay. Jay Nieves says, girl math, if there's a discount, it's basically free. You understand me. You understand me. I've never seen your oh, name in the hello. chat before, but thank you. Hello. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh Don't do that. <laughs> I We're professionals. So um the next time we'll be live with you is Saturday at 10 15 a.m. Eastern and what we're going to be talking about is the absolute insane week that we have had in news fantastic forecast x-men 97 trailer deadpool and wolverine trailer it's nuts and there's some space to talk comics too so we have a lot going on on the show uh this coming week ko there's a reason buddy there's, oh,
1: there's KO, dude, you're coming in so late. Come on, Can I do all um,
2: his... Sean puts on white makeup to go to Midtown.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I go in white face, I don't yeah. want to be seen or noticed. <laughs> no, he goes, dude. In his,
3: goes in his Tom Cruise costume.
0: Yeah, if you see a guy who looks like
2: snow, that might be Sean.
0: One time. I don't know if I've told this story here before. Maybe I have. If I have, don't stop me because there's people who haven't heard it. Um, (laughs) One time I was at the store I go to, and I saw a, 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 a woman who was being followed by a dude. And she was trying to get her books off the rack, and there was a guy who just kept talking to her. And it was clear that he was a fan of hers. She's a YouTuber. And it was clear that he was a fan of hers and he was like trying to ask her mad questions, you know, while she was simply trying to shop and she was being very polite, but he wouldn't leave her the fuck alone. And, you know, it's different when you're a guy. I can imagine that as a woman, you know, you're you're afraid of upsetting him on some level. Then you got to deal with that whole rigmarole. So better to just, you know, entertain the guy. Right. I'm not dealing with that. I'm not dealing with that. So I would rather not be approached. You know, I don't want to deal with that shit. A high and buy is fine, but I don't want to have, I don't like, come on, please. I'm trying to, I I like to get in and out. I hate being in stores. Yeah.
3: And especially those, uh, midtown stores are not comfortable. It is not a good shopping experience at any of them. Frankly,
2: it's always too warm.
3: (laughs) That's the complaint. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They want you it's out. Sweaty.
3: Yeah, it's sweaty. It's uh, too warm. There are too many people. It's too cramped.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and yet, I love it, and I always will. I hope Midtown uh, remains the king of comics forever. Warts and all. Despite the fact that I didn't even get my copy of Ultimate Black Panther, right. which sticks in my fucking crawl. <laughs> but... Go ahead, Kill. I was going to change the subject. You go ahead. Go ahead. You
3: guys see uh, Madame Webb yet?
2: Don't worry. I'm excited. I got, I'm got. i ready to see it on Sunday. It's going to be my Sunday movie.
3: You're waiting Sunday? I'm going first thing in the morning.
2: I'm excited. Are you? Matinee. No.
3: I'm excited for not. this
2: train wreck, man. Everything <laughs> I, I have, read about it is bad. I,
3: I have a cinema pass, and I haven't used it this month. Yep. <laughs> and that's what I'm excited about.
2: Got to yep. Got to
3: I um, I tried to go today, um, and the, uh, let me tell you about the cinema experience in the UK. They don't play trailers here. They play ads. Oh. And I don't mean ads for the movies coming up. Mm-hmm. You'll get three of those. They play ads for Coca-Cola, various cars, and internet services. And I have finally, you know, you know how you used to go to the the films and you'd be like, "Oh, I gotta show up a half hour early so I can catch all the trailers, get my seat, and I gotta uh, watch that pre-show to make yeah, sure everything's yeah. coming out on time." Maria, they don't yeah. do that here, so I was like, "Okay, show starts at one forty. I'm gonna be there too. <laughs> cool." Do you, do you not do that? Wait, we, would you go
1: to see the trailers and the... Is that a thing you that you would do?
2: Do you show up late to the movies in America, Marco? Yeah, what the hell? A
1: hundred percent. I don't want to see any of that shit. I want to
0: go see my movie and I want to leave. Oh, what?
2: God, no culture. Oh. Thanks so much.
0: No, 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 no. This makes sense because Marco doesn't actually like going to the movies. Yeah. <clears throat> Wait, why do you want to see trailers? Who the fuck cares about trailers? Who cares about trailers? Why The, the trivia? Not? What?
2: The trivia before the movie? You go on a little you roller coaster. The trivia, you guys
1: are—that's—that's uh, that's insane to me. No, I go to a movie theater locally over here that specifically does not play trailers. They launch right into the movie on time. I arrive maybe Marco. three minutes ahead so I can get my my nachos and then sit down and I watch
2: the movie and then I leave in about two hours. I mean this in the what? most loving way possible, Marco. But you need to be sent to Guantanamo Bay.
1: What? You guys are crazy. You're there well, spending your time.
3: Fucking, but also, like, I don't have a boutique-ass cinema experience. I am from Podunk America, where it's just the cineplex. (laughs) What? what, Catherine, what do you mean? (laughs) So, I go to try to watch the thing today. It's basically uh, spring break here. So, all the kids are on break. The place is packed. I can't book my ticket because it's the late show. I tried to go um, to the the concession booth to get my ticket. The line was 20 miles long. I walked out of the house in my house shoes because I'm a million years old. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go first thing in the morning. I'm going to go to my old man showing. I'm going to take my coffee. I might take my breakfast
2: okay so two things here Cal you got sold out of madam Webb
3: <laughs> no the thing was the thing was I uh couldn't order the ticket online so I could just walk in because mm-hmm. I was coming late and I'd forgotten to book I it see, I see ahead of time okay all right
1: you don't book your ticket ahead of time second you' The... Shut up,
2: Marco!
3: <laughs>
1: what do you guys are crazy? I got that. I got that. I get that reclining seat. <laughs> do you, do you, do you sit back. You're probably the, the.
2: You're probably Marco again, lovingly. You're probably the asshole that walks in talking at normal volume when the trailer is already going on.
1: I walk in with my phone, going, "Yeah, I'm about to step <sighs> into. Yeah, yeah. Can you? I'm losing. I can't. Can I? Yeah, I'll call you back. Well, it's just the trailers.
2: I've
0: never can seen. I also, s- go ahead. Sorry.
2: No, go ahead, John. I was just expressing <laughs> that I didn't want to ever see a movie with Marco. So. <laughs>
0: Well, can I also point out that the person who the person who's saying, oh, yeah, I like to get there right on time. I don't want to see any trailers, blah, blah, blah. Notoriously late to everything. Everything. So So of course he doesn't see trailers. We weren't even sure
3: he was coming today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Marco, Marco. And
3: we planned the week. We planned the week.
1: I said, yes. we
3: know. And we weren't sure if he was coming today because he was so late.
2: Marco, and as someone who's Puerto Rican, you're perpetuating stereotypes right now for, for Latino men.
0: <laughs> They're true for a reason. <sighs> They're true for a reason. Me. <laughs> oh, my God. Wonderful. Um, so to answer the initial question, Kale, do I plan to see Madam Webb? Uh, up in the air. I also have AMC Movie Pass. I'm desperate to cancel it. That's another thing. I still haven't canceled my fucking Barnes and Noble. I still, I, I bear I dude, I I gotta get rid of this horse shit. But I figure, okay, if I'm if I'm stuck and I haven't canceled, might as well go see this shitty movie so we can rag on it. Do you want me just to give
2: you movies to watch on so you can make use of it instead of canceling your thing? I can tell you what's good.
0: If you do,
3: dude. if you do at least two a month, it's worth it.
0: Yeah, I don't need to spend 30 fucking dollars on an AMC movie pass. I only did it because there was a block of superhero movies we were going to see at the same time. My Mm -hmm. girlfriend does not like to go to the movies, so (laughs) I I don't go to the movies unless it's a superhero. I just watched everything everywhere all at once like two weeks ago for the first time. I haven't seen that yet.
2: It's like the internet explorer of watching movies.
3: Should have seen that in the cinema, man.
2: Well, actually, no. I saw it in the drive-in, and I got divorced, so...
0: <laughs> Yikes. Wow. Oh, okay. That's now right. I see what you meant. That's right. I remember that joke from years ago. Years um, ago. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I can see that. It's a good movie. Uh, it was
3: worth seeing in the in the cinema, I say. Maybe not the drive-in, but the cinema.
0: Never been to a drive-in. Oh, a drive-in. They're a lot of fun, dude. I've been fun. Yeah,
3: <laughs> you've never even seen a car.
1: I have a car. Thank you very much, Kale.
0: <laughs> my tea. Oh my god! Uh Roboter says it's been so long since I've been to the theater. The last one was the Batman for me. All right. Yeah. I mean, you okay. know, post COVID. Well, yeah. A lot of people choosing not to go to the theaters. People think that's not a thing anymore. I don't know why. Of course, it's a thing. What movies? No, uh, uh, people not wanting to go to theaters because of COVID. No. I, I mean, mm-hmm. you sit, you sit in some of these theaters. People are fucking hacking their whole body up. Oh yeah, they're hacking their insides up. Oh, Hello, yeah. excuse me. Can you fucking wear a mask? Can you cover your mouth at least?
2: <laughs> I, I saw, I saw Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind in theater, uh, like a week ago, and I had like gotten uh, something stuck in my throat and I started I just kept coughing the entire movie and I just like I knew people were staring at me yeah
1: oh my <laughs> oh my and you get the people that do that, that like loud that like quietly like man that guy's really just can you believe what he's doing
0: I don't want dude I coughed on the train yesterday and I felt like I had the fucking plague <laughs> okay no well way. New York City train you did out the play <laughs> people will look first of all people will definitely look at you right uh-huh. but second of all just personally just inside like i don't want people to think i'm a carrier you know i don't want to i i dread coughing in public now that's why
2: i always fart when i cough so they're more focused focused on that <laughs> instead <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: Got to cover it. Got to cover it. It's yeah, less yeah, embarrassing like, oh, right. to fart than it
1: is. They're more that's worried whether or not I
2: shit myself rather than if I have COVID. So it's just yeah. that's a more temporary <laughs> thing. So.
0: No, now I'm worried about a sh- uh, you having taken a shit on yourself and having COVID.
2: I feel like that's more normal for a subway though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when in Rome. I don't know. I've never seen shit in a to- in a in a um, in, in a train? train station. You ain't no living, baby. On a train. Uh, I feel like I have. Yeah, definitely. I've seen it no, I be made. I've seen shit in he loves um the show. in um. <laughs> this is so crazy. All right, we're gonna end the show for real. But let me just tell this real quick. Seen- oh, we don't have to. It's <laughs> our show. Fair enough. Um, I went. I was coming home from a trip, and I went to the bathroom, and literally in the stall, the men's stall to pee, there was like an entire loaf of shit. Like someone took their whole shit. Man. And then not only in that stall, but the adjacent one as well. Like a whole shit. Like a fully human, like, I let it all out. Double feature. Yeah, double feature. (laughs) (laughs) Yo. Oh my god. What a a weird world we live in. Thank goodness for comics. (laughs) And thank goodness for you. The listener, the audience, appreciate you guys. Thanks for hanging in with us, having a little fun. We'll see you Saturday. Be there or be squared. 10, 15 a.m. Eastern for the main show. Appreciate you. Love you. Take care. See you next week.